Good evening. Welcome to our midweek service here at Mount Avenue Baptist Church. And thank you for joining us. And we've had a great, great week thus far at uh, the church and school. Excited about Thanksgiving next week. And so we look forward to having Brother Robert Cole here with us on Friday at the school and then on Sunday morning at 9 and 10.30 a.m. And so you'll look forward to hearing his testimony, hearing him sing. And then, of course, next Tuesday, uh, we're going to have our midweek service. That'll be live streamed. And so keep that in mind. Next Tuesday's service will be at 7 o'clock and it'll be live streamed. And so uh, just look forward to Thanksgiving for, and, and thanking our God for all the blessings he's given to us and for his great love for us. And so this evening, we have Brother Shetler that's going to speak uh, for you. He's an executive vice president at West Coast Baptist College. We appreciate the college's ministry, Dr. Paul Chapel, and just the great impact they've had on us here at Mountain Avenue Baptist and Calvary Christian School. Many of our staff are graduates of the college. So we're thankful for the church that provides the college and thankful for those uh, that serve there. And you and uh, sit back tonight and enjoy Dr. Shetler as he preaches for us this evening. God bless you and thank you again for joining us. I'd like to have you take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, it's probably been a while since you've been at a party. But we're going to look at someone that had a party. It's not the kind of party you think about, though. I've entitled the message, Elijah's Pity Party. And it's found in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, back in May... Marilee had a birthday, and around that time, we were all a little bit disappointed, maybe down a little bit, maybe even a little discouraged. And everyone was just down, and, and I just said, man, we've got to do something. And I, I did a surprise birthday party for Marilee, and that can always be a big danger. Marilee, went out, Marilee and I went out for dinner on her birthday for a little takeout uh, fish place. And then when she came back, we didn't have a lot. We were in our below 10, and we all stayed socially distanced. But we had this really nice surprise birthday party for Marilee. And there's something, there's really three major components to any party. Number one, you have to have an occasion. And I want you to see the occasion tonight of Elijah's pity party. Number two, there has to be guests. And I want you to see who showed up for Elijah's pity party. And then, number three, got to have some games or entertainment. And we're going to look at the game that Elijah played as well. So we're going to look at Elijah's pity party, 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's ask the Lord to be with us tonight. Father, I pray that the truths that are given tonight will be a help and an encouragement to the body of believers. Lord, may we get our spiritual thumbs out of our mouth and may we get up and get going for you. May we get that right perspective again. And Lord, help us, guide us now through the scriptures in seeing again who you are and what you're trying to do in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse, 19, verse number 1 says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, 
so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Whoa! You got to just stop for a moment and see where Elijah has been over the last three and a half years. He steps into Ahab's court about three and a half years ago and says, because of your sin and because of your life and because of where Israel is, judgment has come. There will be no rain for three and a half years. Elijah's gone. Imagine that. On the scene, where did he come from? Elijah the Tishbite. Just kind of out of nowhere, he shows up, preaches to the king, and then he's gone. He goes to a place called the Brook Cherith. A lot of people don't even have any idea where this place is as they have tried to discover where did Elijah stay for some period of time. The word Cherith has the idea of the word separation, to cut apart, to set apart. I believe that the first place Elijah had to go to was a place of separation, as it is true in our lives as well. But after that, then Elijah, when the brook dries up, now Elijah is going to go to Zarephath. Now, according to the scriptures, Zarephath is a place of crucible, of burning away of the dross. So he got the separation at Cherith. Then he, gets the, he goes into the crucible, stays with a widow and her son, and there they also, I think that dross that was in Elijah's life comes out. And then in 1 Kings 18, Eliahu, Elijah, stands on Mount Carmel. He is now prepared his private life has now prepared him for public ministry. 1 Kings 18, he confronts all of Israel. How long? Halt ye between two opinions. He says, if the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And he makes the big challenge. He challenges the Baal, uh, the, the prophets of Baal, to bring down fire, of which they cannot. And then Elijah brings down the fire from heaven in his prayer, consumes the altar. Then Elijah prays seven times for rain to come. It hasn't rained for three and a half years. Seven times he prays. Finally, the rain has come. Now you just think about this. Three and a half years, he's basically in seclusion the whole time. Then all of a sudden, there's this emotional experience up in Mount Carmel. He killed 400 prophets, brings fire down, prays seven times for rain, and it begins to rain. He is absolutely physically exhausted. He is absolutely on an emotional high. And then what happens? He runs 18 miles. Now, it is downhill from Mount Carmel down to the plain of Ono. He runs 18 miles. He's exhausted only to get to the plain of Ono. And then he hears that Jezebel is coming to kill him. Now, all of the places that Elijah went to, before he went to those places, It always says the word of the Lord came unto Elijah saying, but not now. Elijah steps out of that will of God and doesn't listen to the scriptures. And Elijah 
takes off running from Jezebel. And now Elijah's kind of on his own. He steps out. And so I want to talk to you about if you have a party, there has to be an occasion for the, for the party. Why did Elijah have a pity party? The occasion were twofold. By the way, I had Marilee's surprise birthday party for two major reasons. One, it was her birthday. Number two, I just felt that everyone, just some ladies needed to get together, and boy, did they laugh, and they had a great time. So there were two reasons why I had that surprise party, and there's two reasons why Elijah had his pity party. Number one, wrong expectations. Wrong expectations. He does not have, this is not what he expected. Look at verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them. I think probably Ahab may be thinking, this is Jezebel's opportunity to get right with God. Surely, after all her prophets are killed, fire comes down and it's begun, it has begun to rain. Surely. Jezebel's going to, no. And I think a lot of times, because of the wrong perspective that we see things, I think we get the wrong expectations from that as well. This is not what Elijah had expected. Matter of fact, he would have said, surely God's going to protect me, but he didn't even let God have a chance. As soon as he hears Jezebel's response, but by the way, of the whole passage, to me, this was the most interesting. Look at verse 3. The speaking of Elijah. And when he, everyone, wherever you are, whatever room you're in, right now, if you've got the scripture in front of you, what does it say? And when he saw, and when he saw that, he arose and went for, for his life. Wait a second. Elijah, you didn't see Jezebel. You heard Jezebel. I thought that was so interesting. Why is that word saw there? And I believe that every word is preserved by God. Elijah saw this, he ran. No, you didn't see it, Elijah, you heard it. Well, what was it that he saw? His perspective and his expectation of what was gonna happen next. And it was totally the wrong perspective. And it's because he lost his view of God. He has a completely different perspective, and I'm going to tell you something. His perspective is on himself. I believe that that perspective is now seeing it from Elijah's side instead of an omnipotent God, an omniscient God, an omnipresent God, a sovereign God, a good God, a merciful God, a wise God. He has lost that perspective. And let me ask you something in the last few months. Have you lost your perspective of who this God is that we say we believe in? Even the great man Elijah had the same passions that we have. And Elijah lost the perspective of God. We definitely can as well. I think number two, he had wrong expectations because of his pleasures. This is not what he wanted. Was that he, he expected Jezebel, Jezebel to be on his side. And I think number three, he had the wrong expectations because of his pride. I think he thought he deserved something and that he was entitled to something. Therefore, this was not what he expected. I want to remind you of Psalm 62, verse 5 and verse 6. My soul, wait thou only upon God. 
for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I believe that Elijah's occasion for his pity party was he had the wrong perspective. He had the wrong, he had the idea it was for his pleasure. And I think it was about himself now, no longer about God. But there's another occasion for this party. It was physical exhaustion. And I think this is so good. When you add a load of stress, a lack of sleep, and a lot of self, you're going to have physical exhaustion. And Elijah is absolutely physically drained. You know, I know we're supposed to, during this COVID time, be resting, and re but has it been that? Or has it been more a load of stress? Has it been more uh, lots of self? Has it been a lack of sleep? Because if you are physically exhausted, I'm telling you, you have the right occasion for a pity party. And some of us are sucking our thumbs for the last three and a half months. Number one, we've had the wrong expectations. But number two, just to be honest, we are physically exhausted and worn out. We've had this load of stress taking care of our kids, all these things financially. We've had a lack of sleep and we've had lots of self. It's been kind of our little world. Man, he went from Mount Carmel, 18 miles to the plain of Ono, and then 80 miles into the desert. Look at verse 3. And when he saw that he arose, that he, when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Wow, what are you doing? And came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Look at verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. Now, did you ever think about how ridiculous this is? He's running from Jezebel to spare his life, only to get to a place to say, hey, God, kill me. Okay, not Jezebel, but you kill me. All right, but I just want to die now. Well, what does that tell you? This guy's having a big pity party. And he has the wrong expectation. He's physically exhausted. And because of those things, we have the occasion to have a pity party. But number two, let's look at the guest. So uh, who's coming to this pity party? Well, I've learned something about pity parties. Pity parties are extremely exclusive. There are not many people at a pity party. Matter of fact, I think there's only three. The only three people at a pity party is me, myself, and I. And nobody else is allowed in. Have you ever noticed that? When you're at a pity party, there's only three people there. Me, myself, and I. And if you go over to join someone's pity party to encourage them, oh boy, they won't let you in. And if you get a chance to look into their pity party, you'll see their walls are decorated with a defensive spirit. You'll see the balloons of anger 
ready to be popped and you'll see the streamers of self-righteousness hanging around the whole place. But they're going to kick you out because a pity party is a very exclusive party. It's only for me, myself, and I. Number three. So, Brother Shetler, if you have a party, you got to have some entertainment. You got to have a game. Oh, yeah. And Elijah had a game at his pity party. You know what it was? You know what the game was? The game was hide and seek. I'm going to go hide and you won't be able to find me, Jezebel. No, I don't think he's playing hide and seek from Jezebel. Oh, Brother Shetler, he's playing hide and seek from God. You know what? I don't think he's playing hide and seek from God. You know what I think? I think the game he's playing at his pity party, he's playing hide and seek from himself. Elijah's trying to hide from the reality of what God is trying to do in his life. And he's trying to cover up his own tracks. The game you play at a pity party is hide and seek. But you're not hiding from God. And you're not really hiding from anyone else, even though you've tried to seclude yourself. You're really hiding from the truth and the truth about yourself. Let's look at, look at verse um, number five. And he lay and he slept under a juniper tree. Behold, then an angel touched him. So somebody comes. Now, I want to I talk about that in just a moment. But he hides. Why do we hide? I think we hide because of fears. I think sometimes we hide because of failures. I think sometimes we hide because we forget what God can do. And I think we hide sometimes because we're believing a lie, a falsehood. If you're at this pity party tonight, you're there. Because, and you're playing the game of hide and seek, not from God. And not from your spouse or your family or, or, or the church. You're playing hide and seek. From yourself and you need to get your thumb out of your mouth now this did not happen at Marilee's party and I'm really thankful I came in a little bit at the very end of the party but I didn't come to smash the party now this doesn't happen at every party but sometimes have you ever been in a party where somebody comes in and smashes it just ruins the whole party because they show up well can I tell you who smashed Elijah's pity party God did because God decided to show up. And I want you to see this. Look, beginning at verse number five. I love this part of the scripture. In verse number five, God comes to smash Elijah's pity party. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink. I love the Lord. He doesn't come and start preaching at Elijah. He comes and starts ministering to Elijah. And that's exactly what it did. The party's over now, Elijah, because I'm here to smash your pity party. And I'm going to smash it, first of all, with my love. I'm going to smash it, first of all, that you know that I care for you. And I noticed this. I love this. He takes care of his physical needs. He's just there even just to meet the physical needs of Elijah right then. Right now, Elijah doesn't need a message. Elijah needs a meal. 
Right now, Elijah doesn't need to be told everything and be condemned. Right now, Elijah needs to rest, reflect, and revive and refresh. And that's what our Lord comes and does. And that's how you smash a pity party, is you come in with God's mercy and God's love, and you begin to encourage. The second thing we see is provision is given, verses 6 through 8. And the provision are the things that God gives. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Just good food and lots of rest. But then, starting in verse 9, we see God goes a little further to smash this party. And he came thither onto a cave. I think the cave of pity. And he came thither onto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, what dost thou hear, Elijah? Now, you got to get this. I think this is the biggest thing. He didn't ask Elijah what he was doing. He asked Elijah where he was. Now, Elijah answers with, with what he was doing. Oh, Lord! I've been jealous towards you, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing this, and, and God, I took care of the, the prophets of Baal, and, and, and I did this, and God, I prayed, and I've done this. And I, do you know the best place to hide is in ministry? Because when you're hiding in ministry, it looks like you're doing good. God did not ask Elijah, hey, Elijah, what you been doing for me? That is not what he asked. He said, Elijah, where are you? After four months of COVID, let me ask you a question. What have you been doing for the Lord? No, no. Let me ask you, where are you with God right now? Because God isn't interested in what you're doing until you are what you're supposed to be. And God says, Elijah, he comes and he, and, and he comes through the, uh, they, they, a big wind comes and then a storm comes and earthquake comes. God isn't in any of those things. God is in the small, still voice. And he says, Elijah, you need to understand. I'm not interested in what you've only done for me. I'm interested in who you are, Elijah. And I'm not done with you. You're, you do have more to do. But first of all, you need to smash this pity party. You need to get your thumb out of your mouth, and you need to know that I am still there. Several weeks ago, something happened in our backyard. For me, I thought it was quite strange. Right outside of our sliding glass door, where you come back to the back patio, within, within 15 feet of the sliding, 10 feet of the sliding glass door, Merrily has all these potted flowers. In one of them, a dove decides to make a nest in the potted flowers. And I'm thinking, that ain't the place to do it. I mean, we, everyone's coming and going. We're going to the back patio. We're going swimming. We're going in the pool. We're barbecuing. The barbecue isn't, isn't 10 feet away from where this potted thing. This was a crazy place. My brother came, brought two schnauzers, two little dogs. Those dogs never saw the bird. But the bird made a nest and sitting on these two little eggs. And I got to tell you, that little dove stayed on top of that nest. And no matter what was going on, no matter what was happening, that little dove stayed right there. 
I mean, we got really close to it, and you could see it shaking. But it wasn't going to leave the nest because of what was under her. And those two eggs were the most precious thing. You know what? Elijah ran off, and he didn't stay put. God would have taken care of him. You know, I thought about this in that whole story about the bird. The very thing that bird was probably most scared of was us, because we were coming and going every day out there. And yet we would have never touched that bird. Sometimes the very thing that we think is going to hurt us maybe is even there to protect us and help us. But that little bird stayed on top of that nest because of the importance of those two eggs. And I want to tell you during this period of time, stay on the nest. Stay on what God's called you to. Don't have a pity party. Man, I got to tell you, I don't know what your occasion was. Maybe you're exhausted. Or maybe you got the wrong expectations. But can I tell you, stay on the nest. And God said to Elijah, I'm going to take care of you. I'll take care of Jezebel, by the way, too. But I'm going to take care of him. You just stay on the nest. Trust me. Get your thumb out of your mouth and stop that stupid pity party. And let's move forward for God. Father, I pray for Lancaster Baptist Church. I pray for us as believers. I think the majority of us would say we've never experienced what we have experienced in these last four months. But I'm asking, Father, that we'll stay on the nest, get our thumb out of our mouth, that you will smash our pity party. And if we've had the wrong expectations or we're physically exhausted, Lord, I pray it'll be the still small. We don't need an earthquake, Lord. We don't need a strong wind. We need the still, small voice of God to speak to our spirit and our soul. So, Lord, smash our pity party, and we're ready to get back into service for you. God, speak to our hearts. Be with our pastor as he's away. Encourage his heart. And I'm thankful, Lord, that he hasn't been having a pity party. He's been moving us forward. God, may we move forward as well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.